The moment has arrived. I'm Tom Dickinson, and you're listening to another episode of The Moment. Each week, I ask a different Doctor Who fan to pick a moment from an episode of Doctor Who that they've got a lot of thoughts about. And once they pick their moment, I say, sounds great, when can you record? And then we talk about it, and then you listen to it. This week, my guest is Connie Gibbs, managing editor of Black Girls Create, a hub for black creators and fans, where she is one of the hosts of the excellent podcast, Time and Relative Blackness in Space. Connie brings us back to the era of the 12th Doctor, Peter Capaldi, for a moment from the premiere of his final season in 2017. That episode is called The Pilot, which is a weird thing to call a television episode when that happens to be the 827th episode of the show, but kind of makes sense if you see the episode because it's about a pilot, and it's also kind of a double entendre because the show is sort of self-consciously rebooting its format for that one season, so it's laying out a new premise in the manner of a television pilot. And anyway, in this new take on Doctor Who, the Doctor has settled into life on Earth as a university lecturer. In addition to a new premise, the pilot also introduces his new companion, Bill Potts, a university cafeteria worker with a curious mind and an incredible fashion sense who finds herself taken under the Doctor's wing when he appoints himself her personal tutor. As the months go by, Bill and the Doctor become friends, and then over the Christmas holidays, Bill comes by the Doctor's office at the university to celebrate Christmas with him. That's where Connie's moment begins. Bill and the Doctor basically have Christmas. She gets him a rug. It's a rug. And he's like... Haven't got you anything. It's okay. It was cheap. So she's like, you know, talking about... She died when I was a baby. You know, her mom died when she was little. Yeah. And how she doesn't have any pictures of her, so... There's hardly any photographs. She hated having a picture taken. When she goes home... If someone's gone, the pictures really help. uh, Her foster mom... What's that? ...was like, oh, I found this... I found that at the back of the cupboard with all your old stuff. Just photographs of your mum. I didn't know we had them. You know, Bill goes over to it, she realizes it's pictures of her mother, and then she sees the doctor, like, in this little corner of one of the photos, like, oh, he got me this, um, even though she doesn't even know he's a time traveler yet. So why did you pick this moment? I really love Bill, and the superficial reasons were that uh, we look alike, well, just enough alike, um, you know, similar complexion, you know, afroed hair. And when she was first announced as a companion, I was like, oh, this is my time. I yes. can cosplay now. <laughs> so you wanted to see me. Um, I was already very excited for her character to show up on the show and excited to dive back into the show. I wasn't actually watching the show at the time, but Bill's introduction inspired me to dive back into the show for the two seasons that I'd missed. And this moment meant a lot to me because my mom also died when I was little. And so I don't have any memories of her either. And I do have photos and 
I feel like they help and everyone in my family tells me I look exactly like her. And so I just felt like Stephen Moffat was writing a bit of my life (laughs) (laughs) in that moment. You know, there's the issue of representation and like, you know, there aren't that many black characters on TV for black people to relate to. And then I felt like I got the gold mine of like, not only do we look enough alike and I can now cosplay her, but she also shares, you know, just the small part of my life experience that it felt good to to see on screen. Yeah, that's so interesting that you were you were primed to be excited about this character mm-hmm. and identify with her already and then well, they just went went straight for it. <laughs> straight for the heart. <laughs> yeah. One of the things Bill is kind of wondering when she's talking with the doctor, she says, but "If someone's gone, mm-hmm. the pictures really help." What do you think about that? I think they do. I enjoy being able to visualize what my mother looked like. I don't know if Bill experienced this when she finally saw these pictures, but everyone who tells me that I look like my mother, I look at pictures and I'm like, I don't see it. And then there are certain pictures or maybe certain expressions that I find and I'm like, oh, okay, I see it. Um, and so I do think that helps um, to be able to imagine what your family was like before you were around, especially if the dynamics are different than when you existed. So yeah, I think that they help. And, you know, in that moment, Bill's expression showed that it helped because she was finally closer to someone that she's never met before. So that was really cool to see. Have you ever received a gift like the one that Bill got from the doctor? Not a gift and not in gift form. But (laughs) so there's this photo of my mother, um, I think from her prom somewhere in the 70s. She's wearing this like V kind of shoulder dress with like pearls. And she's got this huge class classic, like perfectly rounded afro. And it's always been in my house. And I was looking through some old photos and I found another copy of it. And so I turned it over and realized that on the back, she'd written a note, um, just like, dear mom and dad, like, here's a photo of me. Love you. Like, it wasn't like super deep or anything. It was, you know, a lot of platitudes, but I'd never seen her handwriting before. And so then I looked at the one that on the mantle and I think it was maybe to her sister or someone else. Um, so I had these two photos that were always in my house, but didn't realize that they had her her handwriting on the back. And to make reference to another fandom, I'm super into Harry Potter. And in Deathly Hollows, <laughs> Harry finds a picture of his mother, of him and his mother, that's been like torn in half. And he sees her handwriting on the back. And that moment is a similar moment for me as with this episode. And, you know, kind of relating to like seeing this one thing of a person that you've never really met, but have this intense connection to and kind of just you know i think in the in harry potter he was like her she writes her g's the same and i i didn't really feel like our handwriting was that similar um but it was sort of just you know something that she touched um you know being in a photo is one thing like being on the other side of a camera but like having known that she was both on one side of the camera and also having had touched the photo and like written on the back and like given it as a gift to someone you know kind of made me feel like her presence more and just understand who she was at one point in her, in time just like give me a more concrete picture of her uh than i had before i'm i'm glad that you you mentioned harry potter actually cuz i'm <laughs> i'm a super obsessed harry potter fan as well yes. and while rewatching this episode this had never really hit me before but i was like wow there's a lot of harry potter in this because mm-hmm. one of the first things gifts that hagrid gives harry yes it's like a treasure trove of photos of of his parents and yeah. and people that that he doesn't even know who they are with his parents and mm-hmm. it's so interesting because I, I started to think about the way that series talks about what it's like to have a relationship with someone who's not around mm-hmm. someone who's dead and how that can change over the time because a photo isn't everything it sure is something but it's not everything and you learn new things over time yeah 
And then, you know, similar to that, and sort of on a converse side, there are relatives that I have that have lost photos just through various reasons of having lost, you know, their property. And so there are these photos that exist that I've never seen before, you know, out there in the world, maybe possibly in a dumpster somewhere. Um, and just the idea of like, there's a piece of her somewhere out there that I will never have access to. So I am very thankful for the pieces that I do have access to and kind of operate on a, I don't know, I'm just very hyper aware of like, I have these photos and would like to keep them. And I'm only like averagely good at archiving the photos to make sure that I can keep them for around for longer. Um, so it's something that I think about a lot because I do have all these photos in my apartment and, you know, I'm only probably at the beginning of being able to sort them and organize them in a fashion where I feel like, you know, I can keep them safe and transport them as I like move through my life. So it's something that I think about a lot in those two moments from Harry Potter and from Doctor Who kind of helped me to remember like photos are important and this is why and and make sure you're keeping track of them. Yeah, I can um, relate to that in some ways, because I'm fortunate enough to have both of my parents still alive. But mm -hmm. just this past year, my grandmother passed away. Wow, yeah, sorry. And it, it's interesting because... So today I want to talk about the greatest woman I ever met. Relationship with one's grandmother is kind of a theme in the current season, or mm -hmm. most recently wrapped up season of Doctor Who. Why not? Yeah. Because... Uh, For multiple companions. She died. Yeah. Especially from Yaz's perspective, learning about her grandmother's past. And now Yasmin my favorite granddaughter. And at the funeral and at the wake, there were so many photographs, some of which I had seen a hundred thousand times before and some mm -hmm. of which were brand new to me and were revealing things that I, I never knew, you know, about my, my grandmother and about other people. And it's it's so interesting how that can that can change the nature of your connection to someone to have an artifact like that to, to rely on. Yeah, especially when you have seen the same photos over and over again and someone presents you with a new photo. I think at one point my dad found a photo and like had to print it out on like regular paper, but was just like, hey, I found another photo of your mother you hadn't seen before. Um, and it was like, I guess her at a party or something. And I was just like, oh, right. Parties. That's a thing you would do. Yeah. <laughs> and it adds to a new perspective of like what their life would have been like. A lot of companions in Doctor Who, and I'm thinking especially of like Russell T. Davies era companions more mm -hmm. than Moffat era, but a lot of the new Who companions have relationships with their mother that frames their life in positive and negative ways. Like I'm thinking of Jackie Tyler, mm -hmm. uh, Sylvia Noble. Yeah. Um, Francine Jones. It's interesting that Bill has a relationship with her mother who... your mom died. You know, when you were little. In some ways, she's cobbled together from photographs. In some ways, she's just completely invented out of whole cloth. I uh, made up a version of her. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I talk to her all the time. What kind of impact do you think that's had on her oh. and the kind of person that she is? Oh, well, that's not that weird. It's funny that you mentioned these... RTD versus Moffat era, you know, characters, because RTD was so much better at giving the companions a concrete sense of family, like even with people who are missing from their families. And Moffat was not so good at that. And so I think Bill, she asks a lot of questions. That's rather a good question. Questions are kind of my thing. It's like her number one trait. She's very curious. And so she clearly has a very strong imagination. And so she's invented this idea of who her mother was and converses with her. It's sort of a survival technique, um, as I see it. But on the other hand, we don't really understand what made her feel like she had to do that. Um, we know that she has this foster mother. You know, you're my foster mom. He's like my foster tutor. You know, they clearly don't have a very good relationship. Am I going to have to break every bone in his body? 
but it's never really developed to a point where I understand where Bill came from and like why she felt like she had to do that. And if she did have any piece of information from her mother to help develop this character, or if it really was like, you know, she just sprung it out of nowhere based on like what you think mothers should say. I really wish that we'd gotten more of where her origin story, I guess, came from um, so that we can understand why this moment was so important to her and why she felt so compelled to like go find the doctor and thank him and follow him on the, all these adventures after that. Cause that is really the thing that solidifies her relationship with him and makes her curious about who he is so that she follows him through all these adventures. One of the interesting things about the moment is that we see how, what it means to her. We see, you know, we see the doctor in like in the mirror and we see that she sees it and she does kind of act differently toward him after that point. But I don't, think she ever really discusses it with him or even asks him "Eh, what's up with that at least not that we see on screen right Uh, why do you think that is yeah i don't know i think there's a level of maybe two things like you get distracted by adventure um and then i feel like maybe the other part is that she doesn't want to screw with the picture she has in her head like we were talking earlier, you have all these ideas about this person that you know, and a lot of times the new information that comes into your life can be really positive, but sometimes it can be negative or kind of make you feel like, oh, I didn't imagine that she would ever do that or be into that or whatever, and it kind of taints this idealistic view you had of a person. So I feel like maybe she didn't want to mess with that feeling she's created this person in her head and now she has a better picture of what that person looks like but she doesn't want to change the personality that she's created maybe she's scared you know if you find out what she's like she won't like you or you know it'll skew her invented persona i guess sure so in addition to this moment there's kind of the a flip side or like a consequence of this moment which happens in lie of the land <laughs> bills you have to keep thinking about your mom the memory you create her memories and her impressions of her mother, they become part of the undoing of, of the monks. How do you feel about that moment? I think I wish there was more to it. Like, I feel like there was all this lead up to the idea of Bill's mother. Like, you know, they kept bringing her up. There's no mention of her father. I... I actually don't remember that much from this episode. I just remember, like, all these images on the screen, and then it was over. And then I was like, oh, hmm. okay. And then we moved on. And so I was hoping for more, but I haven't rewatched The Life of the Land since it aired, I think. (laughs) Or maybe since I rewatched it in prep for my podcast. But I think I I wish there was more. And that's where I I blame Muffin because he was never good at like developing these deeper relationships between companions and the people who aren't traveling with them and the people that make up their lives and 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 form their lives. So um, I wanted more. And not like... What's the name of the episode? With Rose's dad. My fault. No, love. Oh, um, Father's Day. I'm your dad. Yes. It's my job for it to be my fault. I didn't necessarily need Father's Day, but it felt like maybe we were leading to some sort of moment and it didn't even veer (laughs) close to that, which is fine in terms of like, I don't need a repetition of that plot, but I felt like there was going to be some more additional weight to it. And there wasn't. Yeah. I remember when Lie of the Land aired, that was a pretty big moment for Bill. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of curious, all right, so what's next for her? And the answer really turned out to be nothing's next for her because we stopped caring about her. We start caring about Missy instead and it becomes the Doctor and Missy show. I don't even know why I'm crying. Yeah. 
Why, why do I keep doing that now? I don't know. Personally, I love the Doctor and Missy show. Maybe you're trying to impress me. But I also like, come on, Bill, I was enjoying that one too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Probably some devious plan. That sounds about right. Right. There could have been a way for them to do both. Give Bill her own arc and story for the end of the season while giving us, you know, this really interesting dynamic between the Doctor and Missy. I think they could have, you know, squeezed in some more if they had thought to. Or wanted to, really wanted to. To go back to to this episode, the pilot, what's your opinion on the episode as a whole? So, as I had said, I had quit Doctor Who. You know, they announced this new companion, and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to give this a shot then. And so I felt good about the episode. And (laughs) if anyone, you know, wants to go back and listen to Time and Relative Blackness in Space, you can listen to whatever my initial, initial thoughts were. I don't know if they've necessarily changed, But I do remember feeling very optimistic about the season. I felt like the relationship between Bill and the Doctor was something slightly new, considering, you know, Clara had been the companion for so long, and her origin story was very... It was her. Run, you clever boy. Run, you clever boy. All over the place, because we met her, like, three times. The same woman twice and she died both times the same woman and so i really enjoyed there's this normal girl the doctor's doing something new and different like you know he's not traveling like on purpose and i remember being really optimistic about where the season was going and really optimistic about who bill was as a character because i know that part of the reason why i was content to leave the show before was because Clara, while having interesting moments and interesting character traits, was written so very inconsistently that I didn't always feel like I knew who she was. And so, TARDIS! You know, Bill. If you're from another planet, why would you name your box in English? From the very first episode. People don't generally bring that up. I knew that she was a person who asked questions, she was very uh, curious. Well, that's the cloaking device, it sort of hides itself. It's hidden itself as a box with pull to enter on the front. Uh huh. She had a very good outfit, <laughs> you know, very great wardrobe. And, <laughs> um, we got a sense of what her home life was like and why she would want to travel with the doctor. And I still feel this way when I was rewatching it to talk about this, like, it's a good first companion episode for her. Out of all the first episodes, I think it takes place over the longest period of time. Because mm. they're like a student and teacher for a good long while before an adventure happens. Yeah, yeah. At least a semester and a half. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you think about her relationship with the 12th Doctor? I know you mentioned that you had not been entirely satisfied with Clara. So what did you think about the Doctor and Bill? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I liked the professorial student Thing that they had going but i'm not a student i'm not part of the university i never even applied we'll sort all that out later you kind of have to sort that out earlier. you know she wasn't even really a, an official student of the school like she was just in his classes mm. and he probably just showed up one day like he's not an official teacher they just let him do what he wants so i like that they had that thing in common of like we're just here we're just gonna decide to be in this classroom together um and then they just decided to be able to travel together and so i really liked um where he has river and susan on his desk and like i you know i don't do classic who but i still understood who that was and so you know i like the idea of like old man capaldi (laughs) old man 12 both as the doctor's age and being an older actor than we'd had previously having this sort of grandfatherly relationship with his companion i liked the new dynamic of that compared to the previous seasons where they were kind of more peers and where clara and 12 i i don't know which way it was meant to go (laughs) (laughs) i 
real? I'm not sure. So I liked that dynamic and it felt new and, and, and interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. The He has photos on his desk and those are kind of his equivalent of Mm-hmm. What Bill has for her mom, he has, you know, he has photos of his granddaughter and his his late wife. Mm-hmm. So an interesting thing about this that stands out to me is the doctor's decision to even do this. Yeah. Because there are moments in the doctor's life where this isn't something that would occur to him to do. And I'm thinking the 12th doctor, especially mm-hmm. because sometimes he's just completely callous and <laughs> has no interest in other people's feelings whatsoever. I miss Kara. Yeah, my Kara. She can, so I don't have to. Why do you think he chooses to do this for Bill? Right. Well, this one is right after Husbands of River Song. How long? So I think that might have something to do with it. It's a night on Derillium. In terms of having spent a very long time with his late wife. 24 years. After having not seen her for a very long time and maybe never seeing her again in his linear order. Mm. And so he's got these pictures on his desk and he's never had that before. Like the doctor very rarely has mementos like that. And I guess he's pretending to be a professor. So he's like, what's a normal thing normal people have on their desk? Uh, I guess pictures. Those are not the only family members he's had. Those are not the only loves he's had in his life. And so, you know, of all the people, those are the two that he chose. And so I just think that, like, he's trying to think of, like, what would normal people do? (laughs) In terms of having those things on his desk and then having them on his desk probably gave him some, you know, sense of, like, nostalgia for both people. And so then he's like, oh, I guess photos really do help. And then he's like, okay, I guess I'm going to go do this thing for this girl um, who has been spending a lot more time with and is... just my granddad. Wait, I don't look old enough to to be... Granddaughterly. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good answer. Yeah. To actually back up a bit, when did you first become a Doctor Who fan? I want to say 2011. It was on Netflix at the time. And I remember at some point I watched Rose... And the accents were too much for me at the time. <laughs> and so I stopped and was just like, no, I don't feel like dealing with this. And, you know, the sort of I don't know what I don't know what the word is right now, but like it looked super old, even though it was only 2005. Like it felt like it was like shot in the 90s. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this right now. So I put it to the side. And then I think a Christmas break, maybe I was like, OK, let me give this another try. I don't know. I just remember binging it in like two, three weeks up to season four, the end of season four on Netflix, and then being like, well, season five's out. It's, it's not on Netflix, though. So, you know, let me scour the internet and <laughs> caught up. And so season six was my first live season. I don't know. It was just like, great. I'm in this now. And you uh, you eventually said, you mentioned you you fell away from the show. When about was mm-hmm. that? Um, it's so strange. After season seven. But season seven was aired in like two parts. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it felt longer. Like I'd watched it longer live. Because now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, wow, I only watched it for like two live seasons. <laughs> but both six and seven were split up. So I think that stretched it out a little longer. It just felt like I watched episodes and didn't understand what was happening. Mm. You know, I I love River Song. And so like even like Amy and Rory's finale, I enjoy it for River and like the characters and the actors. This isn't any old future, Amy. It's ours. But like once we know what's coming, it's fixed. I still rewatch that episode. It's one of the episodes that I do choose to rewatch. But then I'm like, time can be rewritten. But I don't understand what happened. Once you've read it. Like I just have questions of why. And so once we know what's coming, it's written in stone. I've started to get frustrated with that by the end of Eleven's run. It was just too much going on. And I was like, I'm I'm over it. I'm done. And I think that I would if people had better reception for season eight. 
I may have tuned in, but no one was telling me you have to watch this new season. <laughs> they were just like, Peter Capaldi's good. And that was about it. <laughs> Going back to the pilot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one thing we know about Bill's mother is that, it's, is that she doesn't like having her photo taken. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you think, and this is a bit of me asking you to form a headcanon. Sure. How do, how do you think that went down with the doctor and Bill's mom? That's an excellent question. And now I'm like... <laughs> Should I go find fanfic on someone writing that? There's got to be some. Well, one, I don't know who told Bill that. So that might be the problem. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, like, well, who are her sources? <laughs> Where's your fact checking here? Maybe she just heard it from her own imaginary mother. Right. Yes. Like, she, maybe she just decided that because she didn't have any photos of her mother, her mother must not have liked taking photos. But actually, that wasn't the case. I think that it could be a mixture of all three things. So, like, Bill made that up just to make herself feel better about the lack of photos um i think the doctor definitely went and took some photos charming man that he is i'm sure it wasn't too hard and then maybe you know he just figured out who was in her life and nicked their photos (laughs) the doctor is not above petty theft maybe he just like took a few photos from bill's mom's friends in order to compile them together uh, similar to Hagrid. And maybe that's why Bill never had any in the first place. Yes, because they never existed because they're <laughs> in the future. Okay, now my head's hurting, but I understand. Yes, that is my new head canon. Bill doesn't have any photos of her mother because the doctor already took them to give them to her later. <laughs> Which is like, it, my head hurts, but that's why I'm like, time travel is so cool. Even if it is true and that's it's that circular, I, it is still pretty sweet of the doctor to do that for her yeah yeah because he didn't know that he was gonna accidentally cause her misery and then fix it later if it was something he did on purpose i don't know see now i don't want to think about it too deeply because then uh, i'm mad at the doctor (laughs) yeah because i I remember when when this episode first aired and i saw that moment and you see the doctor in a in a photo Mm -hmm. of her mother my first thought was not, oh, that's so nice. He got photos for her. And I didn't even realize that's what it was supposed to be until I read some mm. reviews or recaps. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. no, is Moffat going to do some tri- time travel? Like, oh, he went back in time and he knew her mother. And yeah. like kind of how he went back in time and knew River's a baby. Like there's some kind yeah. of time loop stuff. Thankfully, that turned out not to be the case. Because yeah. uh, I've, I've had enough of that. <laughs> but it was no, it was just this sweet gesture that he did. Just to give her a smile on Christmas. Yeah. I also think that he got caught on purpose. Uh, yeah, that's not that's not that unlikely, is it? Like, he looked through the photos before he compiled them together. It's just like, oh, wait, I'm in this one. Oh, well, she seems worthy. You know, at the time, he's sort of like, I'm not traveling. But then Bill's like, but don't you want to show me something? And I feel like he was trying to go that sense of like... How do I get her to want to travel with me, even though I don't want to travel right now? And and he's maybe showing off a bit, too. Of course. Especially 12. 12 love to show off. Yeah. <laughs> and that concludes the moment for this week. Many thanks to Connie Gibbs, who you can follow on Twitter over at Constar24. You can find more of Connie's work over at Black Girls Create, which is located at blackgirlscreate.org, or follow them on Twitter at weblackandnerds. That also serves as the primary Twitter presence for the podcast Time and Relative Blackness in Space, or TARPUS for short, which Connie co-hosts with Bayana Davis and Robin Jordan. That show is always a really fun time, and currently they're doing a series of Blue Ballot Box episodes where each host nominates a story they'd like to talk about next, and listeners vote on Twitter to determine what the winner will be, and the extra layer of competition and campaigning really adds a 
a fun new dimension to the show. As always, you can find show notes and other stuff at themomentpod.com, or you can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram at themomentpod. If you think the show is worth listening to, and you'd like other Doctor Who fans to know about that, why not tell a friend or rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts? And if you would like to feed the show some money so that it grows up big and strong, head over to patreon.com slash themomentpod and you will have my eternal thanks. I'm Tom Dickinson, and I'll be back in a moment. <laughs>